Welcome, everyone, to the new episode of the Truth and Riley Show. I'm your host, Anthony Roman, reporting in the middle of nowhere. And since last week, tons of things have happened between the NBA and the Major League Baseball. But let's talk about the NBA first before we talk about baseball or any other sport. We had the draft. We had a big trade happen between the Lakers and the Wizards. Free agency began. My question is for you, ladies and gentlemen. Did your team improve? Did they disappoint you because they didn't spend money or really make a move at all? Or did they draft the wrong players? Now, draft-wise, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not going to really say anything. Why? Because drafts are funny. Because you're not going to get 50% of the players doing really anything important for the majority of these teams that they were drafted for. Maybe 17%, maybe even 30% in the end of the next 5 to 10 years will be elite, will be good players or good backup players. You know, so it's hard to judge. We'll see what happens in the next um, three seasons. Who turns out to be great players? Who shocked people by getting drafted late in the first round or even the second round? Who was a steal? Who was a big disappointment? Who was a flop? Who messed up? Etc. and so forth. So let's talk about the big trade that was happening. So the big trade that, that happened before even free agency started, ladies and gentlemen, was the trade between the Lakers and Wizards that eventually became a five-team trade. But why did it steal the show? Well, about two weeks ago, I talked right, literally right after the NBA championship that the Lakers were wanting an all-star point guard. And the two point guards that they were talking about was Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook. Well, ladies and gentlemen, they got their wish. The Wizards... And the Lakers worked out a deal where Westbrook is going to go is going to the L.A. Lakers for Kuzma, Pope, and Harrell. For Wizards, I like this deal a lot. Last season, I felt that it was this Beal and Westbrook, and that's it. And you saw in the second half, once Westbrook was able to play more like himself, that he was able to help the team win even more, and even had a chance to make um, B five hundred. But they were able to make the playoffs with the combination. And last year, I just didn't see any depth. Now, with this trade, I see more depth, which will potentially help the team overall more, in my opinion. There's another move that they made, but I'm going to talk about that later on. But long story short, I like this this deal because it wasn't a deal that they just traded one guy and maybe two or three first-round draft picks. It was basically three guys, three key guys, that for whatever reason, being on the Lakers, they were never going to get the ball a lot behind Anthony Davis and LeBron James. They were just going to have sporadic uh, games where they were good, but never really a consistent chance to show what they what they were about. And being here with Beal and being on the Wizards is going to be a different story. Now, once this deal was made, free agency, we saw that the Lakers add tons of talent in terms of role players who were taking less money because now the Lakers are even more... Refer- Last season, they were favored to win an NBA champion. Now, with this move, they favored even more. One of those key players that I'm actually okay with him taking less money is Camelo Anthony, who's 37 years old. He hasn't really played like himself and been elite for the last three to five seasons. And he's 37. I'm okay with him going. I see why he's going. And I'm okay with that. It was even okay that if Chris Paul did it, that it was okay. Because there's no guarantee the Suns are going to go back to the NBA championship. Let's be realistic. Like I said in prior 
podcast. Listen if you want. The Lakers would have defeated the Suns with a healthy Davis and a healthy LeBron. That's just my opinion. So you got the players taking less money in order to win the championship. Now, what is my problem? What is my... Uh, I don't know the word, but what, how do I, how do I look at this trade and not complain? You know, it's another elite three players. It's an, one of the reasons why I, I have a problem with it is they don't know what a full season would be like with Davis, LeBron, and Schroeder if all three guys were healthy. They don't know. I mean, listen, that season was tainted. The reality is Davis didn't play. Played only 24 minutes out of the last 96 game, minutes in the last two games in game five and six. He really didn't contribute at all. Suns took advantage and they won. I feel with a healthy LeBron and a, hopefully, and a healthy Davis that it and, and Davis and Shooter, they would have went deep into the playoffs and maybe even win a championship. You know, I've always had problems with LeBron because it seems like Miami, he's always chased having two other elite players. And then other teams have followed and tried to do the same thing. But I appreciated and I appreciated the 2019-2020 Lakers the most because LeBron James didn't have that elite third player. It was just him and Davis leading on and the role players playing the way they should be playing. Adding Shooter. Shooter is, is a good point guard, but he's not elite. So you can't put it in the same demographic of Cleveland or with Miami. But this is the LeBron method. Let's be realistic. This is the LeBron method. He Since Miami, he has never really wanted to play with just him, himself, with other young players, or him with one other guy. He wants two other elite play players. LeBron, Michael Jordan, in his heyday, never had a combined 70 to 80 points between him and two other players. Never. Never. Him alone averaged 25 to 35 Pippen never averaged over 22 points ever in a season. And I'm not just saying ever in a season. I'm talking about consistently in the th six championships that the Bulls won with Pippen and, and Jordan. Majority of the time, it's Jordan. And at maybe some seasons, Pippen scored over 20 points a game. But generally, he did not do that. He was a great number two guy who played defense extraordinary, who was great dishing the ball at the same time. But maybe that's just me. To me, LeBron is soft. This is a soft league, and this is what people want to do. They want to empty the end, uh, the salary cap in order to form their own dream team, elite team, LeBron James method team. That's what they want. So let's talk about who are the winners of this offseason so far in the NBA. Let's stop talking about LeBron, and let's talk about who are the winners out of the draft, who are the winners out of free agency. Now, like I said, I'm not going to talk about the draft. I want to talk about free agency and who made moves, who made significant moves that, that um, long story short, th that they can have a chance to move, probably improve 10 to 15 games. First team, the Bulls are winners in my eyes. Why? Well, they made two signing trades for two free agents. They got DeMarco DeRozan from San Antonio and Lonzo Ball from New Orleans in a sign-and-trade, which is amazing. Upgrades. Levine has his second man in DeRozan, and Ball is a great addition. Last season, they added 
a great center, and Nico, I'm probably going to say his last name. This is called Nicolo, the center from Orlando Magic, who's an all-star kind of center. So now they have three guys who have an opportunity to score 20 points or more. Lonzo Ball, who's a great fourth option. But long story short, they, I think they were 31-41 and 41 last year was their record. I definitely see with chemistry and within time that this team has a chance and opportunity to score, I mean to score, to um to improve at least by 15 games and make the playoffs. This move tells me we are done developing and waiting. This is basically it. We're done waiting for the for our young players that we got in the lottery draft to be marquee guys, and we're done waiting to f have our, our next NBA championship run. They're saying we are all in. Let's go. The second team that I love a lot, and I mentioned them early, earlier because they are connected with the Westbrook trade, is the Washington Wizards, ladies and gentlemen. They, they fired their coach in Brooks. They traded their all-star all point guard because in slash MVP, the triple-double king of the NBA. So they traded Westbrook. They got Kuzma, like I told you before. They got Pope. They got Harrell. But yesterday, they even added even more depth. They made it a sign-and-trade that eventually made the trade for Westbrook and the trade for Spencer uh, Duwandi. probably said his name wrong. They made it into a five-day. And Spencer Duwandi just came back. No, Dinwiddie. His name is Dinwiddie. Excuse me. People are going to prosecute me for that. But Dinwiddie was great before his injury. He tore his ACL, but it's a great addition besides Kuzma, Pope, and Harrell. This team has depth. This team looks scarier than it did last season because Westbrook and Beal look like the only two options and it was really no third or fourth option. But I like this deal. Last season, they came in hot after the All-Star game. They were four games out of four place. I mean, yeah, four games out of 500. I mean, this season, I definitely see them becoming winning another 10 to 15 games. Beal's not going to want to leave or even ask for it to trade if he's um if this works out for them. So I definitely like the moves that the Wizards are making. So the third team I'm going to talk about, and I know if you just think about it, who am I going to talk about? I think if you take a second and think about who you think I would talk about, you're probably right. And that's the New York Knicks. Last season, we exceeded expectations by being 41-31, and 31, and we were the fourth seed. The biggest issue for them was scoring because they had one of the worst offenses in the leagues in terms of teams that were making the playoffs. They scored up between 107 and 108 per game, which was horrible. But they were able to beat 10 games over 500 and they made the playoffs. So was there a chance that maybe they could win more games and become a better offense? What could they do? Well, they brought back certain guys on the team that helped them win and that were great in the playoffs and great throughout the season. They brought back Noel, they brought back Brooks, and they brought back Rose. But ladies and gentlemen, they needed more if they really wanted to be in contention. So, the question of they did they have any more moves, which was important. And years ago, ladies and gentlemen, just to take a step back, before I talk about what moves they made, in addition that they made, years ago, you know, the GMs would make some kind of ridiculous contract, make some kind of ridiculous trade that they traded tons of draft picks away. And we were just stuck with a horrible, with a horrible um, salary cap situation and this trading away stars 
um, trading away draft picks for stars that just didn't work out for whatever reason. Instead, this time, they kept the draft picks. Instead, this time, they added two players. And rather than give them four or five or six years in order to sign them because they were so desperate for for um, more talent, they gave all of their free agents three years. Evan Fournier was the first move they made. And this was a good move because he replaces Reggie Bullock, who was good, but he also scored in bunches. Bullock scored in punches and bunches. And in the fourth quarter, he wasn't a threat. Fournier improves the, the offense because he's a better scorer. And he's most likely always going to score 15 or more points in, in great percentage. Bullock had games, ladies and gentlemen, where he could hit a bunch of threes all of a sudden. And then he didn't have anything else. Fern, he couldn't mix it up. He was a Bullock had game, like legitimately, ladies and gentlemen. He would have 45%, 45 to 50%. Um, field goal percentage, and then another game you have 20 and 30% where he was just not helping at all. And in terms of being a playoff team, you cannot have that. 40% is doable because a lot of big stars have that. Because a lot of big stars can have a slow game, but also have a great fourth quarter where it kind of makes up the, the percentage, even though they had a bad first half or a bad third quarter, what have you. So they added Fournier who could mix up things and makes the team important. Then the question is, what do they do at point guard? Do they sign a player? Do they trade for one? Now, Schroeder and Jackson were available. But in order to make those additions, they had to do a sign and trade, ladies and gentlemen. In order to get Schroeder, in order to get Jackson, in order to give them the money that they want or get close to it, they needed a sign and trade. Schroeder wants $25 million. There was no way the Knicks were going to do a, a good sign and trade in, in terms of that. And Reggie Jackson was not really great last season. He only really became a great point guard in the playoffs, which is a great thing. That's a great thing that you want, a guy who can turn it up in the play playoffs, who gets even better in the crunch time. However, the, however, yesterday, OKC came out of nowhere and said that they're going to buy off one of the offseason additions which was Kambe Walker, who they got from the Celtics. And immediately, it was said out there, Knicks are going to get Kambe Walker once the buyout was done. This is amazing. He took, Kambe Walker took less money to go home. No draft picks were, were traded. No ridiculous trade was given. This addition makes the, the Knicks scary. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, Kambe Walker's taking the buyout and he's taking $8 million per year that the Knicks had left over in order to stay with the New York, in order to sign with the New York Knicks. He's not going to, getting the money he's getting from Oklahoma and then going trying to get $20 million or more with another team. He chose to stay with, come to the Knicks, take less money, and help them. Now this morning, another great player made a great, great decision in terms of the Knicks. This morning, Julius Randle, who just became my favorite Nick. Knicks, why? He signed an extension that doesn't hurt the salary cap. He took less money, ladies and gentlemen, in order to help the Knicks in the future, to give them some financial stability and help them in the future, ladies and gentlemen. That's gutsy. He could have waited and, and made an attempt to make 30 or more per season when his contract was up. He had a chance and opportunity to do that because he's an all-star now. And if he does it again the next two seasons... Long story short, teams are going to want him. 
and teams would throw the max contract at him because he proved he's just not a one year's fluke. So you got to respect that. He wants to be in New York. He wants to continue getting better in New York. Now, these moves help the Knicks stay in the playoff picture, in my opinion. Where would they be between 1 and 10? I don't know. I hope they stay within that 1 to 6 range because 1 to 6 gets a guaranteed spot while the teams 7 to 10 have to do a play-in. But the biggest thing that can even work more into helping the New York Knicks become even a great team is the progress of Omer Topping. The progress of O.J. Barrett and Emmanuel quickly becoming even better players. Learning from the mistakes that they had this past season and fix it and become even better. If those guys' offensive game gets even better, then this team is even scarier, ladies and gentlemen, in my opinion. But until we see them in a regular season game, it's a whole bunch of what-ifs, in my opinion. And no no guy's going to say the Knicks are a top three team. That's just me. But they won't say it. But one of the teams, ladies and gentlemen, that I have to say that made the playoffs, that was even one of the top five teams prior to the season, didn't really make any moves. They're downtrending. They made no replacement for Kambi Walker. They actually brought back old talent in Al Harford and Aaron's Cantor. Unless they make a trade between now and before the season starts, Celtics look like they could be out of the playoff picture with the Bulls and the Wizards making the improvements that they made. Now, those that's the loser. The other team that two teams that are probably scary and probably would have had an overall better record and been a higher seed, just like the Lakers, if health was on their side, was the Pacers and the Wizards, ladies and gentlemen. Two teams that had tons of injuries for the Pacers. Warren missed a lot of the season. And then they got Carl Levert in that Victor Oladipo, James Harden trade. And he missed tons of games. So long story short, this is a team that was under 500 that maybe could have went been 500 or better with, with health being on the side. In terms of the Warriors, let's be realistic again. Klay Thompson. Now, we got to pray for Klay Thompson because last before last season, he was improving enough where he was going to play. And then he tore his ACL yet again. So that's the offseason. There's still tons of players out there that could be difference makers. I don't know why some players are not being signed. Why Dennis Schroeder's not going to be playing. I mean, we'll see what happens with Dennis Schroeder. He had a chance and opportunity to sign big money to stay with the Lakers during the season. And he chose not to take the money. He chose to turn it down because he wanted more. And now, ladies and gentlemen, no one wants him for that price. So let's talk about baseball. Last week was the tread deadline. And last week, because there's no waiver deals that can happen in August, we saw one of the busiest, most aggressive tread deadlines ever. Week ever. I like the teams like the Mariners and Reds trying to stay in the playoff picture rather than just give up. They're teams that weren't expected to be in the picture, but yet the four, three games or less still in a playoff um, wildcard spot and have a chance and opportunity to make the playoffs. The Braves and Phillies see that they don't really have the chance to be in the wildcard, but they're closer in in the division, so they made trades to, to improve. 
because the New York Mets, even though the New York Mets were over five hundred, have been over five hundred for, for the majority of the season, they've also had over forty different players on their team. But now it seems that with all the injuries that they've had, it's starting to come back at them because they're not winning games. Another team that I I, I I missed out and I should have said earlier was the Blue Jays. I like that the Blue Jays got Burroughs from, from the Minnesota Twins. I like that they got Brett Ham, Zimbar, Corey Dickerson. They made moves. They're not a team that, that's right there, but they're saying they're not giving up either. They know that in baseball it takes one win streak of six games that could definitely do wonders for the team. But you got to give baseball some credit. Why? Well, compared to 10 years, 10 years ago or more, teams in contention, there's more teams in contention than, than 10 to 20 years ago. As of right now, 80% of the teams, four to five of the teams in the American League East are in playoff contention race. That's crazy. The next seven weeks is going to be interesting. The NL East, the NL West, and the American League West could be decided within the last two weeks. It could even go into the last game. I think the New York Mets are going to face the Braves. The last three games is against the Braves. It's against the Braves. And it could be just between them two alone. Whoever wins two out of one or maybe a sweep could make the, be the, the difference maker in who wins the division or not. It's going to be interesting, ladies and gentlemen. So let's talk about the NFL. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, all you're watching is the Cowboys versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. The first preseason game. I'm not watching. My New York Giants had a big brawl. They had to do push-ups and, and jog around. And many teams looked at them and looked at Joe Judge and said, well, that's not right. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't make your teammates do push-ups or jogging for a, um, a disciplinary action. Wait, excuse me. If your whole life you heard people yell at you like a coach your mother, or whoever. Sooner or later, yelling at you will not have a, a, an effect. Let's just be realistic. You get some kind of response majority of your life, something happens more or less where those effects of that yelling has no more effect on you and you don't really respond to it. You could throw it off, you could daydream, you just don't pay attention. But doing push-ups, doing jogging, you hate that. You don't want to experience that again. And I think that's why Joe Judge does it. Because he doesn't want them to see that brawl as something that can occur again. He wants them to see that there will be consequences. Hate the doing the push-ups. Hate doing the jogging. Hate being yelled at. Hate being disciplined. Hate not being involved in practice because of your actions that you've done. Some players... Some people say that it doesn't, doesn't help their accountability. No, it very much does. You have to hate what you did. If you get a penalty, you should be looked at like, what the heck are you doing, bro? Why did you help, help us uh, lose 10 yards and give the other team 10 yards to, to have a, ten, a chance to score a field goal or a touchdown? Why did, you, why did you stop us? We were close to getting a field goal, and because of your stupid penalty, we have to go, go back 10 yards or more. Because of your past interference. You got to hate doing penalties. You got to not want to be careless in the game. Recognize who the referees are. 
who is quickly going to call pass interference or holding or whatever you want to call it, false start. There's, there's referees out there that do this. So the thing is, don't be careless. And those push-ups and, and, and jogging won't ha ha uh, need to be done. So another interesting team, ladies and gentlemen, in football was the Indianapolis Colts. They lost not one, but two starters. Nelson and Wentz both got hurt in practice. And now they're going to miss a minimum of at least five weeks and a maximum of 12 weeks. Rivers says he may come back, but he has to finish his coaching gig in the high school that he took. We'll see what the Colts will do between now and the season if they'll make the trade. Supposedly, they won't make a trade for Nick Foles or Jimmy Garoppolo or someone else. We'll see what they're going to do. So this week, I learned, yes, we have 17 games. But ladies and gentlemen, I didn't even know this. And maybe you did. Most teams are going to get two weeks off before the season starts. So after the third game, the last preseason game, teams will have two weeks to prepare for the season. Rather than, it used to be between 10 and 11 at the most. They're adding three more games, two weeks. And I like this. I like this because every year there are certain teams who have certain injuries to certain players. And because of this injury, the team starts so slow. Why? Because the guy couldn't play for whatever reason. And then they become a team that once the guy comes back, they get better and better and better or nothing happens. Or they, they're just the same. So I like this because there are going to be certain guys who may get injured and have that one week, the two week ratio or three weeks or whatever it is. And now there's going to be a less likely of less players being in the injury report list in week one in the NFL season. You know, I don't know what, what how many players were injured last year, but we'll see what this does. Because to me, it's interesting. We'll see what happens. We'll see what the NFL does. Lastly, I want to talk about wrestling, ladies and gentlemen. You know, since last episode, Vince McMahon released Bray Wyatt and the WWE released Bray Wyatt and Ric Flair. And since the pandemic has started, they have released more than 20 different wrestlers, personalities in the back or whatever you have you. They have released over 20 guys. And my question, is the WWE trying to go out of business? I'm very confused. Tons of talent is being released and going to other uh, companies. I don't get it. I don't get it. But you know what? But I like it to a certain extent because some of this talent has gone on to the NWA, AEW, Impact, or what have you. I like it. And, you know, listen, ladies and gentlemen, AEW is the biggest competition because the, because they have the financial backing more than any of those other wrestling promotions. And they're not WCW, ladies and gentlemen. They're not just trying to sign players, I mean, wrestlers to big contracts so that they don't work for the WWE. They're also developing young players in order to to stay beyond just a few years and not do what WCW which is basically stay steal talent and not really develop enough new talent to carry on the wrestling promotion what is the WWE going to do let's be realistic ladies and gentlemen the rock and what stone cold did over 20 years ago won't fly today they won't allow 
wrestlers to be that way and have control of the character. Let's be realistic. They're not going to allow them to stick up the middle finger and curse and talk a certain way. So the reality is, how is the WWE going to continue? Did you have the solution? Do you know, ladies and gentlemen? I don't know, but as of right now, it looks like WWE is trying to go out of business. Maybe that's just me. I'm sorry. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that is my episode. Follow me on Instagram on the Truth and Reality, uh, my Truth and Reality uh, profile. I'm available on Spotify and Ape and Apple at the Truth and Reality. You can find me there. I have over 30 episodes. You could follow me and pick one that you like to start listening to. Go from one to 30. Well, you, if you listen to my first episode until now, I think there's growth, but we'll see. I don't know. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you're having a great time. I hope you're, you're wearing your mask. Hope you're washing your hands. I'm ho- hoping that you guys are staying safe. This Delta variant seems to be growing in certain places like Louisiana and, and Florida. I hope you stay healthy. I hope this this pandemic doesn't get bad again. We're back inside like we were last year and earlier this year. Hopefully we don't have to take a booster or something else to stay safe. Hopefully we just do the right thing and socially distance and wear a mask in order to help prevent that from happening. But you know what? I'm ranting right now. And it's not about sports. So you know what? I have one thing to tell you guys. Have a great day and even better night. Bye-bye.